Welcome, weary traveler. You have stumbled across a comedy chronicle of cranial concoctions, a frenzied fusion of befuddled fables, an exacting expose on eclectic mythos. Should you brave ahead, you will find yourself enlightened, delighted, and only slightly misinformed on the many fantastical worlds that exist within our favorite media. Will you learn all there is to know? <laughs> that I cannot say. But I can say it will be the lore you know. creating this like this these these uh whatever accounts to play multiverses with each other <laughs> and then it's the wb right so it has to like check to make sure that you're like of age so that you can consent to having all of your data collected or whatever uh -huh. and then it pop and then it pops up with a screen it's like what is your age and then it gives you a bunch of buttons and it's got one button and it's like less than seven years old it's like all right and then it goes and then it goes button by button. So it's like eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And then it goes all the way up. Every single age is its own button until it gets to 22. And then it says 22. And then it says over 22 <laughs> as the last button you can press. And there's something about an oppressive screen of ages <laughs> that's gating you into playing a children's video game that you're like, well, I'm none of these, am I? That really makes you reconsider if playing video games and doing a podcast about them is the best thing to do with one's life. Anyways, welcome to The Lore You Know, a podcast where three friends and sometimes more dive into the fantastical and often convoluted lore of media that we grew up with and love, including those oppressive age screens. And here to bring you the mostly correct facts about made up things this week are me, Fran, your lore master. Oh, geez. Heck, I'm Ethan. And I'm CJ. I can't wait to feel under 22 again. Uh, if I make a video game, I'm going to make it so that you put in your age and it is like under 48. <laughs> and then it goes sequentially up until like 57. And then you have to put over 57. <laughs> and I'm going to... I don't know what kind of video games late 40 late 40s people like well, not late 40s like from the late 40s the, the they, age bracket should be based on like boomers and x's right the gen x oh yeah no okay so here generation yeah no it's like a world of warcraft game where everyone has their own faction except in this one it's literally just generational warfare yeah. so you select which generation you i guess identify with because he's gonna pick one that they're not like i don't want to be on the zoomer team that sounds ex that sounds exhausting <laughs> could you imagine playing a massively multi i mean that's just Fortnite, i guess at that point and I think uh, I think um, Fortnite's even younger than Zoomers, though. That's like Gen <laughs> Alpha or whatever. That's because not Zoomers a thing. are uh, like in their early twenties now. No, that's not a thing. That's not correct. <laughs> uh, you're telling me you okay? You're telling me that <laughs> Zoomers are pressing the plus twenty two button? I don't yeah. want to believe that. <laughs> they are. I refuse. I don't know. I'm still like Zoomers now. You guys I, are baby millennials, I think. Uh, yeah, sure, I am fine with this. 
But I want to get back to CJ's game idea here because I really like that if you can go into an age bracket of your choice, all of the trolls are going to become boomers and then oppressively destroy all of us. And it will in that way. It, just, be it will be the exact. Yeah. It will be exactly the It's like an immersive experience. It's perfect. It's pretty much just VR chat at that point, then, with like eight factions. VR chat, where instead of looking like anime girls, everybody wants to look like the old man next door who shouts yeah. slurs at you. And that's how you make your my... races, is that it's, instead of races, it's just like different. Like, oh, okay. Nonsense. I thought you were going to be like, whatever's in meta. So if you're a boomer, you maybe want to choose, I don't know. A white guy because that's sort of the boomer <laughs> the dad meta. Bod, yeah, and then All right. Gen X's are just like, I don't know, man. What are Gen X's these days? We would all just kill ourselves inside the video game, so it wouldn't really matter what we choose. Fran, I feel like I'm a million years old. Do you have anything you can share with me? <laughs> That'll remind me you of feel, your childhood. To make me feel young again, like I'm not. Yes. Trapped inside of an aging flesh prison. In fact, I can. So uh, this week's topic is actually, at least from my childhood and CJ's childhood, apparently Ethan has no recollection of it. Um, it's the Magic Treehouse series. Uh, so for those of you who don't know what the Magic Treehouse series is, it's a series of chapter books that were written for elementary aged children. And I personally was a uh, my, I got banned from reading them by my parents because I kept reading them and they were too easy for me and I was sad. But Oh, I thought it was because of the, the controversial topics. I thought they were like banned books they would no, talk the, about. The like... magical elements of the book is pretty subdued. So like it, it, it skirts through the Christian censors. Um, oh, that's nice. But, okay. So these are chapter books written for like, it's like a elementary school children's like first chapter book kind of thing so like you're in like first grade trying to like go into like longer form books um as opposed to picture books um so they're published by mary pope osborne and the series was first published in 1992 um they're still no. being released they're not they haven't gone anywhere um that's but I, simply not possible <laughs> they are still being published there's a, multiple books coming out this year um so there's two types of books in the series there's like the main magic tree house line and so those are the shorter books for beginner chapter readers. They're All the books are 10 chapters long. Um, and then there's the Merlin mission books. Uh, trying to, from what I could see with when they were published, the Merlin missions were trying to like grow up with the reader. So like you have the beginning chapter books and then there are those like ones the longer form chapter books as opposed those to. Those ones are banned books because of how <laughs> much they talk about like puberty and drugs and stuff. <laughs> And I mean, there magic. were ages seven through <laughs> and ten. Ma and magic, but like and radical <laughs> black magic that the Christians are afraid of. It's actually... That's all metal and shit. I'm going to tell you, Fran, you've grouped me in with you, but I told you guys when we started this podcast, and I maintain it now, I will not read a word for <laughs> you or anyone else. So I have seen these books, but I never, <laughs> I never read, read nothing. Uh, well... That's okay. I'm here to summarize the, all the important bits for you, which I'm going to do my best not to summarize each book, but there's it's going to be a lot of interactive things because part of the books involves like riddles and stuff. And I'm going to see if you guys can solve the riddles made for literal children. They find a book in the treehouse. They point at it and wish to go to the place inside the book. There's big whooshy noises and the treehouse spins and they show up in the time period of the book. Then they 
the book conveniently has all the information they need to solve any riddle or puzzle that they have uh, in front of them when they land. And then Jack, the main character, one of the main characters in the series, takes silly notes because he's like 10. Oh, he's eight. Sorry. He's eight years old. And then his sister, Annie, who's seven, has a way with animals. To be Wait, a is she like a later. Dr- druid? Or kind of. She like, like can communicate with them without communicating. That's completely different than having a way with animals. <laughs> anyway, like, it's implied. Zookeepers have a way with animals. <laughs> well, so a child who can speak and commune with nature she, is just an entirely different thing. Well, it's implied that she has like a special way to communicate with them, but that's like revealed over the course of the 28 books, so. Okay, yeah. some mystery. And then they f- solve whatever riddle or nonsense they they were trying to do, go back to the treehouse, point to a book that's conveniently about their hometown and say, "I want to go home." And then they go home. And woo. Is is the home book always in the same spot? It's always in the treehouse they- somewhere. I'm Oh, well yeah, like you w- you would want that one in there. Yeah, yeah it's important. I- I'm imagining that's how the Merlin missions start is they have one of these regular adventures and they go back there. Where's the book home? Where's the book? Well, uh, there is uh, some implications of like PTSD in these children later on. Yeah, no shit. If you got teleported, do they go back to a war? If any of them goes back to a war, then yeah. Multiple. The the horrors (laughs) of war is a well-documented thing mm-hmm. that affects people for mm-hmm. years to come. And these mm-hmm. are children. Yeah. Although so were those brave men that we sent over there. Am I right, Ethan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll touch yeah. upon the, t- the horrors Ethan, of war and PTSD you know, later. <laughs> Ethan's never been in a war, by the way. I just want to clarify that in case that was ambiguous. Hey, what the fuck, bud? What did you read as a kid, if not shit like this? Yeah, what uh, did you read? I read The Hobbit. Um, Ooh la la! Look at you. Reading the Hobbit at six years old. books. Fucking! What answer would I possibly give to this? Where you'd be like, "Oh, classy." The boxcar children, like the Encyclopedia Brown. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I probably old and New Testament. Probably should have been reading the Bible. I do remember reading the first boxcar children. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the first Bible, and I was like, yeah, I mean, the first I one was the, the better one. <laughs> I read oh, the first goodness. in right. the series, but then they had this main character takeover. I was not a fan. Yeah, it was so stupid. I hate when they take. I hate. I hate when they take a good story and then they're like, and now they have kids, and we're gonna follow their kids' story. That's uh-huh. so stupid. No, I was just CJ. I just kind of realized that uh, Jesus is. He is a Mary Sue for God, the author of the Bible. <laughs> he was like, hey, things are going shit down there. I'm going to show him how it's <laughs> done. Self-insert. Self-insert. <laughs> uh, Ethan, you can't say that. The Christians will come for you. All our Christian viewers. <laughs> all, all of them. Um, uh, I did read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, though, so I basically read the Bible as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Allegory. Do they go back to biblical times in this one, Fran? That would be the one I want to read. No. They do Fuck, not. That's she does not so, touch upon that. That's such a missed opportunity. It's like, we're going back in time to see the prophet Muhammad. I don't know if they do that in the Merlin missions or not. Um, they're, so the they're so hardcore in the Merlin missions. They're trying to like collect a pantheon of heroes for their fighting or whatever. And they're like, we're going to need the most powerful mages from all across time. Jesus Muhammad, uh, Moses, 
other ones from other religions. <laughs> I went to public school, so <laughs> sorry. Okay, I need to know more about the Magic Tree House. Yeah, so in the Magic Tree House uh, books of 1 through 28, she did something interesting where she made all four books like part of the same arc. So every four books, there's like an overarching like task or mission that they're trying to go on. And then each book is like a specific thing for that overall mission, which is somewhat cool, especially for that young of readers, since it's like, yes, it's like episode of the week or mission of the week style. But there is also like overarching plot, which is a harder thing for those children to learn. And so it's just kind of like a fun, fun way to structure it. How did these how did these children find this magic treehouse? Well, Jack and Annie find a treehouse in the woods near their home. They're just kind of like walking home from doing kids stuff unsupervised and they're like hey there's a tree house <laughs> up in that tree that's new let's go check it out at cars and stuff and they're <laughs> yeah, like i don't house. know man <laughs> just hold them shit it's just yeah. talking to animals like kids whatever do. <laughs> whatever eight and seven year olds do and um jack is uh no is such a bookworm that he's so excited to see the tree house is filled with books when they find it he's like oh my god books beat up this little nerd. and annie's like books are dumb why are you so excited yeah, annie. fuck yeah because dude girls, i'm on it i'm a girls team annie hate reading books girls are not do hate girls, reading obviously i i <laughs> I think girls hate reading. I think boys hate reading. I think reading's dumb. Yeah, no, books aren't for boys. They're just for dorks. Well, and just like a dorky boy, he finds a book about dinosaurs. And he's like, dinosaurs are awesome. And he opens up the book and is like, dude, I really wish we could go see a dinosaur. And as it happens, that's the magical thing that triggers the magic treehouse to transport them to the time of the dinosaurs. Um, and when they arrive there, there's a pteranodon outside their window, and he's a friendly pteranodon going like, "Hey, how are you guys doing?" Dinosaur, <laughs> I don't know dinosaur types. Which it's a which flying one. Is that one. A... It's a flying dinosaur. Oh, okay. It's a pterosaur. You, okay, right. sure. Um, and he speaks to them in human tongue. No, it's just like a friendly. You can see it in his eyes, apparently. Oh, okay. Somehow. So we're so like this series isn't really about teaching kids real lessons like that dinosaurs are dangerous creatures no well kind of they do get chased what why would you need to teach a child that lesson that's the most absurd like oh kids if you ever see a pterodon don't go up and talk to it they are not friendly that is how my grandmammy taught me and i was safer for it cj ethan still doesn't go into the woods because he's afraid quote the witches will get me and the pteranodon Side note, the title of the books all follow a pattern. So this book is called Dinosaurs Before Dark. And all mm. of the titles involve like a thing in like a time of day. Okay. <laughs> For some reason. I mean, this, this like as a pitch, this is a home run, especially <laughs> in the 90s. If you went yeah. into a publishing office and you're like, so I've got these kids and they go back in time and meet dinosaurs. They'd be like, yeah, I don't care what it's about. Dude, just publish yeah. it. Do the great. dinosaurs eat the children? No, they're friendly in this one. <laughs> well, not very <laughs> uh, realistic, but whoa. show me more. Whatever. Just draw pictures of dinosaurs. I like to think that he went in there and the publicist like got up out of his chair, grabbed him by his collar, pulled him two inches from his face and says, hey. You want to be a billionaire and shoved him out of the way. It's like, all right, we're going to publish your damn book. Dinosaurs and children. The- <laughs> children love dinosaurs. Yeah, from book publishing. I don't know how people who write books make money, but I assume they're billionaires. 
So the Pteranodon shows up and somehow Annie can like understand what the Pteranodon's saying because apparently she has a way with animals or something like that. Turns out the Pteranodon's name is Henry. Very friendly. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, (laughs) empathetic link between animals is so much different than literally understanding the thing animals say to the point of you know its name that it's given itself. Like if they called it Henry. CJ, its mom gave him that name. They go through dinosaur times. They're going like, oh my gosh, dinosaurs are so cool. They write great notes and um, because he's a nerd and he wants to take good notes of the world around him. And he has the convenient informational book that took them there in the first place. So he reads those passages and he writes down about Triceratops. Nice. That's his note because Triceratops. Are that's nice. that's his note. I, yeah. I, he is eight I was old. hated. <laughs> I always hated those nerds in school that would highlight their books. Do you know those nerds? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like, dude, it's written right there. Just, you know, read it. And he's going a step further where he has a book that contains the information of the thing he's looking at while he's witnessing the thing. And he's like, no, nah, I got to write this down. It's like, dude, someone already did. <laughs> someone wrote it down so well that it became a reality. <laughs> you teleported yeah. to it, my man. Yep. But he's, he's what just, are you doing? It makes him happy. So anyways, they end up being traced by a T-Rex at some point. Those yeah. children are unlikable. The pterodon helps them out, and through their adventures, they find a gold medallion with the letter M on it, and mysterious. For, and they must—they have to figure out who it who it belongs to. Obviously, for treehouse. M for treehouse. Yes. Um. So through the chasing of a T Rex and stuff, they end up back in the treehouse, and like, how the hell do we get back to Pennsylvania? And they conveniently find a, a book. thing that no one has ever asked themselves. Before. I know, right? They conveniently find a book about their hometown, Frog Creek, Pennsylvania, and they point to it in which they can go back home and it works. The implication of this whole like time travel, book travel nonsense, they leave and they come back to the exact time that they left. So they come back to present time. No time has passed. So but do they, they have they, they the aged? Book. Yeah, I have don't they know. Aged them? They could be so in the book for days. Went, Who knows? If they right, so if they go back to dinosaur times for five years and train, can they come <laughs> back to this moment with all the strength that they have obtained to fight the boss that they're trying to fight? There are some wild implications of the of this book travel nonsense th- that I've noted throughout. Uh, so. <laughs> We'll, we'll get upset later. Um, we are we are going under the assumption that this is hyperbolic time chamber rules. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Um, so then for the rest of the arc, each book is something different. So the second book is The Night at Dawn. And Annie wants to go meet a knight. So they go to a castle and they get thrown in a dungeon and they have to find their way out. Luckily, there's a helpful knight that helps them not be captured. Isn't that great? And Annie, they come back. Annie can understand everything the knight says somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I mean, they would be speaking a different language. They just because it's old English doesn't mean we would be able to understand it. Also, that title slaps, by the way, that that kicks ass, dude. (laughs) A Night at Dawn. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. I like they're good titles. Um, And then they discover in the treehouse, all of the books have been conveniently bookmarked. And the bookmarks also have the letter M on them. All right. Well, now it's creepy. Uh, I feel like I am being stalked by M. And they come to the conclusion that the person who lost the medallion and the person who owns the treehouse must be the same person. 
crazy. And they... I mean, yes. Like, yeah, right? how would you? Once again, these books <laughs> like... are written for literal children, so just okay. Like, yeah, because <laughs> do they think that the dinosaurs made the medallion? Henry. I don't think they had. <laughs> the Maybe they had metal forgery. It's Henry's medallion, obviously. M for Henry. Uh, so Henry. then another the Hem next Henry. book. <laughs> That's stupid. So the next book is interesting because they go to Egypt. They go to ancient Egypt. They go into a tomb. And there's a ghost spirit that they help out. So it's implying that like ghosts and spirits are real, right? Uh, so that's just pin that for later. Um, and then a cat helps them out because they got trapped in the tomb because they went down one of the false passages that they made in, in pyramids, which was conveniently written about in their book, but they still got lost anyway. Uh, and then they come back from Egypt and they notice there's a big fancy golden M on the floor of the treehouse that they didn't notice before. How strange. That's a that's absurd. So, okay. <laughs> but are they changing the past? Is what I, are they physically going to the past or we'll, are they We'll find out soon. Anyway. Okay, okay. <laughs> In Pirates Past Noon, there's Polly the parrot who helps them out also. And they return and they ask themselves the question, who was the M person who put all the books in this library? And did the knight, the pteranodon, the cat, and the parrot all know this M person? Why didn't they ask? Yes. Yes. They, oh, they, okay. Yeah. The answer is yes. So it turns out the parrot that helped them out in the time of the pirates was Morgan Le Fay. She is a beautiful old woman with long white hair and piercing eyes. And she is King Arthur's sister from Camelot. So the parrot was a person. The parrot was a... Yes, and, and every animal that helped them was, a, and the knight was her. So she was oh. helping them out. And she's like, okay, she's like a shapeshifter. She's shapeshifting because she is an enchantress and a librarian, it turns out. All librarians are enchantresses. I just and want you guys to know that. Uh, so her job is to travel in this treehouse and then for the Library of Camelot and to collect books from different places and different time periods for her scribes to copy to add to no. the library in Camelot. No, no, and that, that doesn't is... make sense. They didn't make they didn't make books in dinosaur times. There was no one to make the books. Well, you she... can't just say I went to collect of dinosaur books, so I teleported to dinosaur time to get a book from there. Well, so what happened was uh, she put bookmarks by the picture she'd like to visit. That's where all the bookmarks came from. And she placed spells on the treehouse so she could point to the picture, make a wish, and then the treehouse takes her to that place. So she already had the book. She just wanted to go visit the time of the dinosaurs, I guess. Uh, but then when the children visited on accident, she's like, shit, I should probably make sure they don't get eaten by dinosaurs in the book. So that's why she like kind of jumped in and like helped them out. So does she exist in all times, like Doctor Who? Or like, she how would travels she- travels in her treehouse and goes places. <laughs> but Merlin times isn't when the kids would have found the treehouse. Well, Merlin also, like the time of Camelot also isn't a real That's, thing. CJ, we already Camelot's know like she has a book of their time as oh, well. She does. She went to the future <laughs> to get a book on Pennsylvania, yes. a thing that people write. <laughs> that's how she got and there. Yeah. Then that's how she teleported this. And then what? She like went to a Denny's or something and just left the tree there Probably. and then the kids found it or yeah. something okay so the reason so you might be wondering how all right the i'm kids, back on board <laughs> how did the kids find this tree house and like no other child has um turns out 
Jack and Annie are the only people besides Morgan that can make the treehouse work. And that's oh. because Annie believes in magic. So she saw oh. the treehouse and Annie's belief was so strong it caused Jack to also see the treehouse. And since Jack loved books so much, the spell worked. Okay. I Ooh. thought it would be more like a dragon blood situation. Mm. Like they've got like dragon blood in their veins no. or that. It's love of books and magic. And the children. And no one, no other seven no and eight year old likes pair those of things. children can have found this place yet. Um, anyways, Morgan's like, hey, Jesus. I'm Morgan. This is my job. Um, I helped you out. I was all the animals. And now I got to go. Peace. Bye. And then she just takes the magic tree house and leaves. What? No. The end of arc one. The mystery no. of the magic tree house. <laughs> that is just like Doctor Who. That's bullshit, dude. So arc two is the mystery of the magic spell. So the tree house has been gone. Jack and Annie are like, wow, that was a cool time. When we had that cool tree house and that old lady talk, and talk to us. Did, did we I remember peak? like it was yesterday. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so they weeks had passed since they had seen the tree house and the implication this is happening over their summer break. So there has been no sign of the tree house until tonight. But they get to the tree house and they climb up hoping to see Morgan, but she's not there. The only thing that is there is a little mouse that gets named Peanut or somehow tells Annie its name is Peanut. Unclear. Um, and it was standing on the golden M that's on the floor of the treehouse. And next to that mouse was a note. It's Morgan. She's the mouse now. They named her Peanut. Uh, well, so the, did she already shapeshifted the other animals. I don't see how that's like a surprise. I, and she's just standing on her name. It, oh yeah, was the, the note. It would have it would have made me feel weirder if it wasn't her. Like it's just for from now on. Every time I see a character, I'm gonna be like Morgan, Morgan. This mouse better not be Morgan, or I'm gonna be pissed off. Because why did they need a name it Peanut then? If they knew the mouse was Morgan. So they need to find four things to help oh, I can Morgan. get pissed off, it seems. And the mouse joins them for each of their adventures. Yeah, I'd so, hope so. I want you to guess what items in each book. There's one item in each book that oh, they okay. need is, to is this the help Morgan. This is part one of game time. So the book okay. is, the book of that we're reading is called Night of the Ninjas. And they need to find something in this ninja book that will help Morgan. So here's your clues. It has to start with the letter M. That's pretty much it. The, the object okay. has to start with the letter M. And okay. they need four I, I items came up, to start with them. They need one in the I, ninja book. I came up with a system, Ethan, to help us do these games better. We'll take uh -huh. turns starting, and if the person who starts gets it, then they get it. But if the other if they don't, the other person can steal. Okay. So do you want to do you want to start do you want to start this one? I'm guessing a, a moonchaku. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the answer is obviously mask as a ninja mask. Okay, none of those are correct. So What that's bullshit. So yeah, I'm also guess, This is this is where I start questioning the validity of the facts that she puts in these books. For example, like putting a stick in the ground and figuring out which way is east in the moonlight or something. I don't know. Uh, in the moonlight? That's different than in the daytime. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, anyway. The question there is find east using the moonlight and a stick. And then the follow-up <laughs> question has to be, what is the exact date and time <laughs> right now? And then I guess I have them all memorized and I'll figure it out from there. And also there. like what latitude and longitude you're at. Because like... That'll change. Yeah. Also, did you ask? 
did you ask the validity of what's in the books? Because if I recall, we were in ancient Egypt's fighting ghosts, which although- Helping I, ghosts, helping ghosts. Okay, well, helping I don't ghosts. think that the mummy was uh, like biographical in nature, so- Well, they're helping her spirit to pass on to like the, the death, pass on to, what is it? Under the shadow realm. The shadow yeah, realm. I don't like remember the what the Egyptians Egypt. called. Death okay, realm. right. Ah, uh, but yeah. So they got a moonstone from a ninja master, and he's like, "This will help you find your missing friend." And then I don't think we're gonna get any of these in the future. <laughs> well, we'll, you we'll might. Try. You might. You might. Okay. Sure. The next one. The next one is the book Afternoon on the Amazon. So okay. they're in the Amazon. I think this is the first time there's like the implications of like no time traveling like they just show oh. up in the amazon rainforest like there's no okay okay that is where you'd expect to find a tree so they so it could in theory sense. be a different time but like but they're not, they're not in a like forest a, there's no way they're to not tell. On, they're not on like a <laughs> sure. steamboat it's not yeah. like the river cruise i have thing. a guess well you have to wait till i go because i get to go first now okay um <laughs> mud they have okay. to get some river mud okay they have to get a monkey. Oh, oh, you're close. So they ah! encounter the uh, monkey. The monkey is the one who gives them the object. So what M object banana. would a monkey give him? <laughs> uh, mud still. A mango. It's just, it is a mango. Good job. It's a mango. They get a I mango. Uh, mangoes are indigenous to Asia, by the way. Well, so the monkey gave him a mango so in the Amazon I'm just rainforest, that much so. smarter for guessing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I Sorry, I didn't think that read. they would just have any fruit there. Oh, they, the monkey went to the, uh, it's actually future times. The monkey went to the gas station that was just outside of the children's field of vision and, and got a margarita mix for them. And that's what it was. Uh, I love that. <laughs> so the silly thing, one of the silly things about this one was that the theme, like sometimes they try to like, sh the author tries to shoehorn like lessons to be learned. Yeah, and the lesson the to be learned about this one is everyone should just leave the rainforest all alone. Just don't mess with it. Which is yeah, I agree with that. Now book three is the book um, Sunset of the Sabertooth. So what M thing could they need from the time of a sabertooth tiger? Ethan. You get to start, Ethan. I know oh, the right answer, though. God. Uh, this the same thing that saber tigers need: meat. Unfortunately, it is not meat. <laughs> it's a hunk of meat. It's a, ma a mammoth tusk. Oh, it's two words. Oh, that's really close. Um, uh, it's. I I would give you the point for it. So. Well, you're the judge, so. <laughs> so they. So before I reveal the item, there's like some bullshit about this is that they got they are, were coming back from like a swimming lesson or like coming from the pool and they were walking home and like, oh, my gosh, the treehouse is there. Let's go up. And they're like in their swimsuits and they get transported to like the Ice Age and they they're still die. in their swimsuits. <laughs> yeah. So they would perish from exposure. I mean, is the interior of the house heated? Like, is it like an no, actual house? Like a, no, it's a tree house. Like, it's a tree yeah, house. Yeah, then they would die in moments. Um, so they end up 
borrowing warm clothing that they found like on the ground, like hanging up. From oh, the classic white people borrowing magnets. stuff from them in the natives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then instead, so in return for like taking the warm clothing, they, they gave left, them smallpox. No, they gave them their swimming towels that might have had smallpox and goggles in return. That was okay. that they decided was a fair trade. Um, what are they gonna use? Go- oh, maybe it's snowy. Okay, and they somehow. They somehow knew they needed to find the master of animals because they're a sorcerer. Um, And maybe mammoth was the thing they needed. No, it's not mammoth. Uh, But it was a flute made from mammoth bone. So, okay, I definitely close. get that. That's yeah, bullshit because that. flute doesn't even start with <laughs> M. It's a flute from a mammoth bone was the mm. Yeah, I got it. So yeah, they just dropped the coats in the middle of the icy tundra just in hopes of they'll find their clothing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they I'm, come sure back. They, I'm sure they did. Okay, the last last uh, last item they need to find is, I believe the score is one Ethan, one CJ right now. Yeah, one all. And so, advantage me, baby. Let's go. I got it's, this. Uh, midnight on the moon. Moon rock. Wait, they already did that. <laughs> A second moon rock. <laughs> A, mo- a rock from the moon. Okay, they it is not. Get, they go to get a moon rock, and it's the same rock. It's the oh, <laughs> there was only three things, but two of them are the same thing between times. No, it was not a moon rock. Ethan, do you have a guess? I think that these have been silly so far. So <laughs> I'm going silly. to say they find the Mars rover. <laughs> could be like a moon rover you could have gone with that because they're on the moon no that we already had a moonstone it is a moon rover that'd be silly that'd be <laughs> nonsense is, what what None of those is things. it uh so before i reveal i need to highlight God. some important things so they left at midnight during a full moon and this is the first time in the series that they've gone to the future in the moon Surely. book they landed in a moon base and it says in the book that they're reading, a moon base was built on the moon in the year 2031. Oh, so, hey, we're coming up to that. Yeah. Uh, so they traveled to 2031 in a moon base. They found the original flag from the moon landing, apparently, and it definitely still had stars and stripes on it. And was well, it fact- sunbleached? That's factually incorrect. Yeah, yeah it's just white now. Yeah, right. Um, if it's there at all. Then there's a mysterious moon man that helps them because they made the choices to just put on conveniently child-sized astronaut suits and like go in a rover and leave <laughs> and they didn't check their oxygen levels. And the mysterious moon man uh, gives them a picture of a constellation that looks like a mouse. That's... Not even moon related. It's mm-hmm. not because so... the moon's in because the moon's in space. Everything's in space. So the fourth object was in fact the mouse that had been traveling with them the entire time. Uh, why'd they have to give him a picture of a constellation shaped like a mouse? By the way, constellations in the sky don't have little lines connecting to them. They had which to connect means that them. He... To, it was like basically connect the dots picture. They could. Whatever. That's so that's so outrageous. The like the mental gymnastics you needed to you could have just drawn a mouse for them. Could have. And been like it was a mouse that you were could've. supposed to get. But uh so they went back to the moon base and they chanted Moonstone, Mango, Mammoth Bone, Mouse. And uh that was their chance to turn the mm-hmm. mouse back into Morgan Le Fay. Oh so, wait, how many words how many words did Morgan write? Okay, she wrote, help me, under a spell, find four things. She could have wrote, 
those words and then go to moon instead. <laughs> and that would have been a probably more straightforward way to make sure that these brain dead children help <laughs> she, you shapeshift. So, okay, so a valid question is she can already shapeshift. Why was her being a mouse such a problem, right? So she was under a spell. She was turned into a mouse against her will. And oh, that's not cool. As a bonus point, guess. So this is going to go to Ethan because CJ guessed first last time. Ethan. Okay. Who do you think turned her into a mouse? Merlin. Yes. Okay, Merlin turned her into a mouse. You get another point. That's too. That's bullshit. That's way too easy. I would get, guess Merlin. Get wrecked. Get <laughs> well, wrecked. Well, there's going to be plenty more chances for the points. one I the one I had advantage on was like mouse. the mouse. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> you you were talking such such hot stuff too like i advantage cj couldn't uh, even whatever. guess mouse on the moon no less it's made of cheese cj there's mice that everywhere man, the, moon is, there. the moon is made of cheese ethan's right he's got a goddamn hero <laughs> when he's right uh, so that concludes arc two the mystery of the magic spell she's like thanks for turning me back into me Peace out, and she just takes the treehouse and leaves again. <laughs> leaves them on the moon. <laughs> well, they get back to Pennsylvania first. So the implication is that all these like people that like help them, including the monkey, like know who Morgan is. Also, so like the moon man's like, yeah, I know what you're supposed to be doing. Get your shit together and go help her. So it's implied that Morgan has like traveled to these places before and befriended these people and monkey. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, she she repented these people and she said, Monkey, if someday. ever you see someone else come out here's, of my here, tree. I'm, here is a mango. Basically. Plant the seed in the ground and grow more fruit from it. That's so that if insane. a child ever shows up, you can give them the mango. I'm Precisely. going to burn the book that has you in this time, but the book of you 20 years from now will have its first crop yield. All right, time for arc three out of seven. The mystery of the ancient riddles. So now we have riddles to solve, gentlemen. And All right, let's get up and go. So in this arc, Morgan infiltrates Jack and Annie's dreams because once again, like there's like periods of weeks between these visits. And once again, this is a really long summer. Um, she says in their dreams, the treehouse is back. I'm waiting. Which is no. weird. That's what ghosts do. I don't like it's that. Weird. It's weird. Um, anyways, uh, she let she has she's informing the children of their missions. She says Merlin the magician has been up to his tricks again. So I haven't had any time to collect books for Camelot's library, and so she needs their help to help collect books. So she's gonna train them to become master librarians for Camelot, um, but they have to complete a test. And part of that test is to solve four riddles. All right. What are these riddles? I right. can I have an I have an adult brain. I play video games. I will I even give you the book title to like help you with the riddle. So oh, this thank book Thank you. An this, unnecessary <laughs> crush, you're too, you're but very too well. Kind. The book is Dolphins at Daybreak. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it is rough as gray oh, sorry, excuse me. Dolphins at Daybreak and it is yeah. riddle 1. <clears throat> rough and gray as rock. I'm plain as can be, but hidden deep inside, there's a great beauty in me. What am I? 
it's an oyster. It's an it, oyster. It is an oyster. Good that job. One's, that one's for babies. So babies. You get, you, we were tied up two and two right now. Wow. Wow. So they end up traveling to dolphins. The time of the dolphins? Question mark? Unclear. The um, distant future, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I love, they just like, they go over, they see like this, this book says, the time of dolphins? It's just this is <laughs> I hope that's not soon. Uh, the time so, of man is over, Ethan. The time of dolphins the is now. The time of dolphins. So long and thanks for all the fish. Uh is how Yeah, that basically. Uh but so they go hang out with dolphins, they fuck around with a submarine that they shouldn't have. They almost drown. The dolphins save them. And the dolphins give them an oyster because that's what the riddle's supposed to be. All right, riddle two. Riddle two. Now, this book in particular, I will be spending time on, but we'll get there. So this book is called uh, Ghost Town at Sundown. All right. So Ghost Town at Sundown, the riddle. Out of the blue, my lonely voice calls out to you. Who am I? Am I? Out of the blue. My lonely voice calls out to you. Who am an I? Echo? Am I? It is an echo. Very good okay. Job. It is an echo. Okay, so now this book, I have to. We have to take a pause here because this is this is where the time travel implications become very clear. Um, so they go back to a wild west town that has been abandoned. So it's a ghost town. Amazing. That's why it's called Ghost Town. Okay. Um, they put on clothes that are conveniently there to, you know, fit into the ghost town chic. They ran into a guy named Slim Cooley. Awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Slim all Cooley, right. Uh, I trust this man. Slim Cooley thinks a group of rustlers stole his Mustang. So they work together to recover his the convertible. Mustangs. Right. Mm-hmm, um, and um, he gives the kids nicknames of Shorty and Smiley. Like a good cowboy Kay. would. Um, Slim tells the story of Lonesome Luke who had played Red River Valley on the piano because he missed his girl. And that was the tune that the kids heard in the town. Hmm. So Okay. Uh wake up and turn they uh Slim tells them stories by the campfire and he tells them that he actually came out west to write a book. And then he ended up becoming a Mustang herder somehow. But he originally came out to write a book about the Wild West. And we all have a lot of dreams when we first start. And then Annie convinces uh, Slim to let his horses free instead of hurting them and write his book instead, right? Because cruelty to animals or something. Um, And Jack was like, hey, you should totally write a book about the Wild West. And he's like, you know what, Shorty and Smiley, that's a great idea. So they go back home and they take a look at the book again that they used to travel. And the book is called Days of the Wild West by Slim Cooley. So they met the author of the book inside the book. And it was published in Dallas in 1895. And in the dedication, it said, with thanks to Smiley and Shorty, two strangers who changed my life. Okay. So. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that they can, they're just teleporting into books. Except, except they show up in the dedication of this book. Yeah, but if they just teleported into that book, then it's just an autobiography. I'm oh. more okay with that than 
the fucking dinosaur book because then who wrote that <laughs> that the <laughs> dinosaur didn't that? a dinosaur didn't write that which means it would have been someone writing about dinosaurs and then mm-hmm. they're just kind of in the book about dinosaurs. about dinosaurs but it's i'm okay Im- with that it's implied that when they're traveling to like an actual like time period with like people in it they're time they're like actually time traveling and like influencing the events that happen Okay. Of that time so is that, there are there two different kinds of books there's time travel books and then there's like dimensional travel books maybe because like the <laughs> the like the rainforest book somehow mm-hmm. a mango got there but that's not their fault you know like oh I don't know. that's that's how you know it's an alternate reality because in that reality mangoes grow We're in indigenous. the in the dolphins the don't write books they don't have hands <laughs> they can't use computers uh, Who wrote the dolphin book in the time the of the dolphins? Dimension books, don't know, CJ. Man. This is some bullshit, dude. I I don't know. I think it's honestly less likely that a cowboy knows how to read and write than a dolphin, though. <laughs> well, so. he came. He didn't mean to be a cowboy. He meant to write a book initially. So, like, he it is implied he was literate before he went out. There. That's such a weird thing to fall into. His Mustang like, hurting. I wanted to be, I wanted to be an author, but I had to wrangle Mustangs instead. All right, Riddle 3. Riddle 3. CJ, you're up. Oh, my God, we're doing... Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'm the color of gold. Oh, sorry, the book title. Apologize. It is uh, li- Lions at Lunchtime. Oh. Lions at Lunchtime. Uh, I'm the color of gold and as sweet as can be, but beware of the danger that's all around me. Honey, what am I? it's honey. It's it honey. Is honey. This, it is honey. This episode is sponsored by <laughs> no one. We're the only <laughs> podcast you listen to that has no advertisements in it. You're welcome. Uh, so they travel to the African Sahara, I believe, and uh, they hang out with some wildebeests. They befriend an elephant, right? They befriend a lot of elephants in the series, it turns out. Uh, elephants the bird, are cool. The bird yeah, tells Annie, they run across a bird, and it tells Annie to go to a beehive. So, yeah, they are getting help from the animals in these books, so they're not figuring out the riddles on their own. And then a mussy warrior shows up and stares them down. And cool. they're like, you're taking my honey. And they're like, Yeah, and kills, and kills them. <laughs> and they're, they're white like, devils. Uh, well, to uh, appease the mussy warrior... They make a peanut butter and honey sandwich for them all to enjoy and have a picnic. Where'd they get the peanuts from? They had peanut butter There's sandwiches with Shaq them. Shaq always already. carries peanut butter on him. They were coming back from something and they just had it with them when they got there. Fair enough. Depending on the time period you're in, peanut butter is as good as gold. Delicious. <laughs> all right. Fourth and final riddle. Ethan, this book is called Polar Bears Past Bedtime. And oh, I like that one. Though. Yeah, it's cute. Um, I cover what's real and hide what's true, but sometimes I bring out the courage in you. What am I? Holy shit, dude. Get fucked, dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, that one seems like it's a little harder than uh, <laughs> honey. It is the last riddle for them to become master librarians. Uh huh. So it has um, to be a little harder. And what was the name of the book again? Polar Bears Polar- Past. Yeah, Bedtime. like that's going to fucking help you, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like the answer is, I mean, it's a mask. It is a mask. All right, cool. Good job. God. Ethan is in the lead four to three at this time. Um, So Morgan sent a seal hunter from the book to help them. Oh, no. No, t- they, she sent a seal hunter. To kill them. Is this, is this book pro <laughs> seal hunting as well? Yes, it, uh, he teaches them about climbing seals. 
Yes, um, <laughs> it shows it. Heck yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, awesome. So she visits the seal hunter in its in his dreams and is like, "Go help these children." And so he shows up at the treehouse with like clothing to make sure they don't freeze to death. Always got to take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he like helps them out, and um, they. What did they wear in the dolphin time? They just I don't know the same the, the same swimsuit outfit oh, the same okay. swimsuit from before probably. Okay, um, it wasn't like underwater. They weren't wearing diving suits. So. Jack ends up stealing the seal hunter's like masks from his like hut. So theft, <laughs> right? Um, they put on ma- the masks that they stole because they were trying the, to like this. Co- this continues our grand tradition of having like white treasure hunters steal things from natives in every single thing we talk about. It's true. Um, and uh, yeah, so they steal the mask. <laughs> they steal the mask to blend in with the polar bear. So the polar bear treats them as its children, and the polar bear teaches them how to walk on ice without falling. What through. the Majora's oh, mask that's, fuck that's is so this? Rad. All right, so ta-da! They did it. They got the mask. Children weigh less than polar bears. They would have an easier time walking on ice than polar bears. <laughs> Not in this place, I guess. Um, Shit. but yes, surprise! That wasn't the final riddle. Morgan says, "There's one last riddle you must solve." And in the fifth scroll, you have to look at the letters, the first, not the rest, and discover the place that you love best. So taking a look at all the objects that they brought back with them, which were an oyster, right? Um, Honey mask. Yeah, it's home. Echo honey mask. CJ, you're up for guessing the riddle. Yeah, it's just home. It is it's home. A it's shitty. Home. Yep. Whatever acrostic. It is home. It is home. Uh, congratulations, you guys are tied once again. So we the teleport- answer is home, we- and they are. They have passed the test to become master librarians, and they get a sweet wooden library library card that uh, says. Uh, master librarian and god of these worlds i was gonna say like ichigo's battle pass (laughs) that lets him that lets him push his soul out of his body to fight hollows cj we haven't done that series yet they are now members of the ancient society of master librarians meaning that there are other master librarians in yeah, but she said that only the these two kids and her have seen this treehouse. Well, only a very wise person or another master librarian can see the M and the L on these cards. So, like, only certain people can. So, wait, wait, wait. So, to everybody else, it just looks like you so, have a piece, sure, of wood, piece of wood. Like- <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And these children are just carrying out pieces of wood. Cool. Oh, I love it. All right. Now. That was the end of arc three. Arc four is the mystery of the lost stories. And those master librarian cards play an integral role in this arc. This is where shit gets wild and like lots of children in peril and probably when the PTSD starts. So (laughs) Morgan sends them on their first missions as master librarians. And so her reasoning is that there's been many libraries lost to history. So they have to go back to the times of these libraries before they were destroyed to recover some of the stories and bring them back so she can put them in her library in Camelot. So in the book, um, Vacation Under the Volcano, 
they have to recover the text, and it's all in Latin, and I'm not, I can't pronounce it. Ver vortissimus in mundo, in mundo. Um, and she leaves them with an ominous uh, message of, in your darkest hour, only the ancient story can save you. Morgan sends these kids to Pompeii. Heck yeah, all right. Um, Literally like 30 minutes before the volcano starts erupting. Why wouldn't it be earlier? Why wouldn't you go <laughs> I know. a fucking month before? No, that's why I'm like, fucking crazy. Did, the, also, did they also, just finish that book? Also. Like, uh, my magnum opus. She literally could have gone to this time period her fucking self, but she sends children to go. Well, to what's Pompeii. the point of having children laborers if you don't <laughs> send them to go into the mines, as it were? Also, uh -huh. here's uh, there's a lot of ash. Here's the other bullshit part. So you remember how, like in previous books, they would show up in like icy cold places and like could potentially freeze to death. Yeah. Um, now they just show up in the right clothing. Hey, oh, well, well that's magic. the power of being a master librarian. That piece yeah. of wood. So from this from this point forward, they uh, are just given proper clothing for this time and every time so they can blend in with everybody else or so they don't die. So that is something she probably could have done for them previously. But fuck them, right? They're children that's, to die Ethan's, in the mines. Ethan's, <laughs> Ethan's right. You gotta you gotta yeah. test them. I'm so, sorry, I'm just, I'm not able to give that to any but a master librarian. Everyone else, they can freeze. You don't understand, Fran, you don't have children. If you have a child who's freezing to death, you don't give him a coat, you give him a deer carcass and a knife, and you say, <laughs> all right, child, survive. Annie had a premonition before they like went to the library to find Morgan for this mission, and she had a dream where she dreamed that fires were burning, everything was smoky and dark, and that the ground was shaking. Okay. So... Just, you know, ominous dreams. And then, oh, sorry. It's not 30 minutes before the volcano went off. It was 20 minutes before the volcano was about to go off. Yeah, well, if you're going <laughs> to cut it close, you know. Yeah, right? N nothing so nothing speeds thing along like a deadline. Uh, yeah. So that's... they show up in Pompeii on August 24th in the year 79. And there's no, the birds aren't chirping. The animals have peaced out already. And Annie's like, this is weird because she's like the animal girl, right? Uh, mm -hmm. they run into a crazy lady on the street that everyone is like she's crazy don't talk to her and she's a soothsayer but she can read the ml on their librarian card so that's chill right like oh she's fine oh that's gotta be that's gotta be a real panic moment for her because if she knows that she's like something really bad's about uh -oh. to happen and what's gonna to happen to our book? books and us <laughs> Right. Um, and she tells them that the only library in Pompeii is in the house of Brutus, um, mm -hmm. which is currently empty because it's just his vacation home. So like he's not there. Okay. So once again, she could have sent them earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, then Brutus would have anyway. been there. He would have been in the yeah, way. Then Brutus would have been there. This makes um, more sense. They got so they go to his house kids. and break in and mm -hmm. the volcano starts erupting while they're like looking for the book. And the book yeah. turns out to be a scroll because, you know, obviously they don't have books, I guess, at this mm -hmm. point in time. Um, so they get the book, they get out, and when they're trying to cross, like, a stream, the stream starts filling with, like, volcanic ash and pumice, and they get, like, swept away in it. And Oh, they're dead. <laughs> and but they remember Morgan's ominous reminder of in your darkest hour only the ancient story can save you 
And so she, they ask the scroll to help them. And suddenly a big strong man lifts them up and out of the stream and puts them back on the, on the ground. Okay. They run back to the treehouse, peace out, give Morgan the scroll. Um, so this is the, do you guys want I, to guess for what the story is about or? I mean, it's probably Hercules or something. Yeah, but it's Hercules. I, I was imagining nice. we were going to have an inception moment where they needed to go inside that story from inside this story. Oh, it's oh. a slow down because it stops time on the outside. They had to go get a fucking anti-volcano spell or some shit. Some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Morgan's like, ah, oh, Write thank a book you. about an anti-volcano spell. We'll go inside of it. <laughs> Shit's fucked up. Anyway, she's like, ah, oh, thanks for covering the scroll. No mention about the mortal peril. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to Camelot now. Peace out. <laughs> Listen, for my, my next book, I'm sending you to a place called Nagasaki, and I would like you to collect a book. Uh, well, the next book, they go to ancient China. They made a point to, like, name the text in every other book in the series, except for this one. And they're just like, here's a picture of some Chinese characters written on a strip of bamboo. And, like, she nice. doesn't, the author doesn't, like, write the characters in the text or anything. You can only see what the title is by looking in the picture. Uh, is it real? Chinese I text? I, I don't know. I don't Fran, read Chinese. <laughs> Fran, are you telling me that you, the lore master for this series, did I not looked. look up? <laughs> Once again, in the darkest hour, only the old legend can save you. So more ominous. You're going to be in mortal peril oh, again. This was uh, real scary the last time you said that. So if they go to the time of the Dragon King. And the Dragon King is afraid of the power of books and learning. He wants people to think only what he wants them to think. And he mm-hmm. orders the burning of books. Okay, so, pro-book burning, yeah. So they is. have to go yeah, retrieve... He makes them all wear red hats. <laughs> they have to go retrieve I like that CJ book. was like, whatever. And Fred was like, oh, that's good. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. retrieve this book before it gets burned, essentially. Um, and... The burning of books started right when they got to down. So, helpful. And conveniently, well, that's they booked... Well, that's how you know where the book is. Well, it's conveniently, there in the book, the book they pile. needed fell off of the pile of books that were burning. Oh, and Annie's like, nice. that's the book we need. And so she snatches it. And the king saw her grab it. And, like, the guards chase after her. And they end up running through a mausoleum. Where there's eerily lots of statues of, like, soldiers. They find the terracotta army. Their air starts running out. Their air and light starts running out. And they got trapped oh, inside no, of the mausoleum. And they are yeah. going to... Yeah, they're running out of air. Um, so in literally their darkest hour, they, of course, have to ask the story for help. And um, a silk... So they got like a silk... Th- a spool of silk thread from a lady earlier. And the silk thread jumps out of their pouch and starts, like, rolling away to, like, show them the way out of the tomb. The legend was the silk weaver and the cow herd. Cow herd. Yeah, the herder of cows is his job. And it turns All out right. it's like a romance story. And it turns out they met the actual silk weaver and the cow herd. And they were going to meet for a date that night. And they had to, like, pass the message back and forth so they could, like, set up their date. <laughs> they, were, they were meeting on, on book burning date night. Third book. Um, they go to 
Viking ships at sunrise, which is the Dark Ages in Ireland. So that was kind of fun. Ex- excuse me, Morgan. Could we please stop going on adventures that have your darkest hour in them? No. You're right? master librarians. Did you master read the card? Now. It's like they couldn't read the card before, but then they got the card and becoming master librarians. And, the and then it says on the card, uh, accepting this card binds you to all of the whims of Morgan. It's the end user here, license agreement, uh-huh. the EULA. From here on, every hour is your darkest hour. So they're sent to retrieve something called the Serpent's Magna. Magna? Unclear. Um, it's and- called. It's pronounced manga. <laughs> no, right. it's Ireland, not Easy Japan. Ah, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, they took me Bleach comics. Ah, <laughs> oh, for fucking hell, what's it gonna happen to Ichigo? I love we haven't done strawberry. the Bleach episode yet. Uh, so they end up in ancient Ireland on a cliff, not a tree. One of the few times yeah. they're not in a tree. And There's no trees in Ireland. Uh, they end up meeting Brother Patrick, who uh, shows them around his monastery. That's on. Uh, this. this is my fucking monastery. <laughs> yeah. Here's all my Full Metal Alchemist books. He's <laughs> called Mangas. He explains yeah, I've got that they copy to keep them safe from the snakes. Don't you know? Basically, they uh, so they copy Christian stories, which is essentially manga and the old uh. myths of Ireland. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what they write in that that their monastery. I love um, it. But the problem is, is that they were riven, they arrived too soon because Brother Michael is currently copying down the story that they need, but he has yeah, not see? finished it, so they'll have to come back at a different time. And they're okay. like, "Oh, okay. Well, they head back to the treehouse and like, okay, we'll be back later." And then on their way, they're like, "There's three Viking ships," and um, they go back to warn the monks, "Hey, there's some Vikings coming to murder all of you and like burn down your monastery." And so Brother Michael gives them the unfinished copy of Serpent's Mat. Magna. I was going to say manga. Curse you. So to escape from the Vikings that are chasing them, they jump into one of the boats and like get lost at sea a little bit and they're like, well, shit. We're lost at sea now. And so they ask the book for help and it's a giant sea serpent and uh, it brings them back to shore and puts them in their treehouse and they come back. And the story is about a sea serpent named Sarf. I kind of feel like it becomes my darkest hour when the sea serpent shows up. I would definitely have a shit my pants moment of like, we asked too soon. We asked too soon and we got the bad one. <laughs> like you're always being afraid. Like if you told a child that they would never ask for help. Cause you're like, is it too soon? I don't know. Uh, that is very scary because nine out of 10 things in Irish mythology do try to just drown you. So if you right. saw that, you'd be like, oh, it's one of those. Oh, all right. uh, so the last book in the series of Peril. So the name of this book is written in Greek. It's uh, Pi, Iota, Gamma, Alpha, Sigma, Omicron, Sigma. It has, a, it has, that's the title. And they get to go to ancient Greece and they're at the Olympics. Woo, Olympic time. Well, Annie gets really upset because only men and boys are allowed to go watch the Olympics. Girls aren't allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. there's a bunch of dicks everywhere. <laughs> so the theme of this book is that girls are inferior in uh, this time period and should not be see- should not be seen or heard. Really, it's not, it's mm-hmm. not that girls are in inferior; they're just period. worse at wrestling, and they don't well, have. No, they're not even. Read. They're not even allowed to watch the Olympics. They can't even like. Yes, because there's men, <laughs> cocks, uh, cocks to the breeze. 
<laughs> rolling around in mud. I mean, you know, you know, the reality is they're like, I would just feel really self-conscious if a girl saw me lose. So like, I'll, right. I'll compete with you guys, but we can't let any of the girls watch. Oh, us, okay? I don't want any of the girls to see me because they'll, they'll make a statue of me and they'll make my penis really small. <laughs> well, they run into Plato. Did you see how small they made David's penis? I don't want that to happen to me, man. <laughs> they run into Plato, and it turns out Plato can read the Master Librarian card. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a pretty smart dude. And so he's like, "Oh, I know what you're looking for. It's a poet. It's a poem written by my uh, poet friend." Oh God, are we about to get Pompeyed? Is that <laughs> but, that uh... happened like last week for us, man? <laughs> But uh, he can't tell them who wrote it. He can just like bring them to the person who wrote it because it's a secret. It's more it's dramatic. Secret. Um, and Annie learns about how girls like can't go to school and like all that stuff. And it turns out the secret poet is a woman. <gasps> Gasp. Annie secretly enters the Olympics because she's like, this is bullshit. And she like and dresses she, up. And, and she gets she gets in. wrecked because it's for adults. Because well, it's, yeah, yeah, so they because figure she's out seven. she's a girl and the guard sees her and seizes her and then seizes seizes. And then that's Jack actually like, a really good joke, Bran. I can't believe you <laughs> can't believe you stepped on your own joke. Uh Jack is like, oh my gosh, I have to help my sister. Scroll help. And it summons Pegasus, and then Pegasus like Shows up in a chariot, rescues yeah, him yeah, and Jack and takes him back to the magic treehouse. So that's cool. So there is one point to be won here because it turns out in this arc of peril, there is something that ties all four of these stories together. Danger. And I believe it is CJ who is up to determine what ties Hercules, the Silk Weaver, and the Cow Herder, or the Cow Herd, the sea serpent, Sarf, Sarf, um, and then Pegasus. What ties those four myths together? This is a I was harder gonna, one. I was going to say that they're all myths, but then you said <laughs> they're myths, so now I have to rethink my answer. Uh, materials Sarf that you make into... In, yeah, he's got scales. <laughs> that you make into clothing. They're all made of clothing. Hercules had the fleece. <laughs> Pegasus has feathers. Mm-hmm. Scales, as mentioned. That is incorrect. This is incorrect. And, I'm sorry and to tell I sort you. Of, I, gotta, I gotta be honest, I kind of zoned out during the Chinese <laughs> one, so. It's okay. Um, so CJ's incorrect. So Ethan, you have the option to steal a point and come out in the lead. What do you think ties these four stories together? Whew, I will say that they are... I have no fucking idea what, what ties these together. Okay. So where can you find myths? I guess. In the library. Besides the library. In the hearts of the children. In the stars. So all of these uh, stories have constellations. That, are like that was from the them. first series. That's not from this one. Is that's again the the Chinese one uh, very much threw me off. As well, it turns what out, the Chinese had a constellation that? for the silk weaver and the cowherd. Yeah, okay. Ethan knows all the constellations except the Chinese ones, so that's probably why I was confused. Yeah, this next arc I lovingly call the arc of PTSD. Essentially, this mm-hmm. is when we get to, when we go to war times. Nice. Hell yeah! Thank God. 
So this is the mystery of Morgan's library. So once again, Morgan is nowhere to be found, but the treehouses has a note saying Camelot is in trouble to save the kingdom. Please find these four special kinds of writing for my library. Something to follow, something to send, something to learn and something to lend. Thank you, Morgan. I thought that was the thing you were supposed to bring to a wedding. They for something to follow. She left a book out for them about the Civil War. And Jack goes, cool. Brother killing War. brother. <laughs> they they follow the the Union Jack because they know the right side of history. No, yeah, I was gonna say she's like an alt right. Turns out she's alt right. She's like follow the truth. It was about states' rights all along. <laughs> that is what I was taught growing up. So they go to the time of the Civil War, and Jack's like, "Cool, the Civil War. This is gonna be awesome." This and is um, be the radical. first and the first I can't thing wait they to see, kill Yanks. Well, the first thing they see is a lot of injured soldiers, and uh, one falls down, and Annie's like, "I have to help him." And they go, and this, she drags was that uh, a saw. Yeah, they, I was gonna say, does she know how to saw a leg off? <laughs> well, she volunteers him and Jack, or her and Jack, to go to a field hospital and she, become yes. volunteer nurses. All right, asked and answered. Um, and the young nurse hands them a piece of paper with uh, the guidelines of nursing. And here are the things you should follow, which is why this is their first item to bring home. So they choose, well, Annie volunteers them to go to the field and like pick up injured soldiers on the battlefield uh, where there's like cannons and shit. And the important part is they go back to Frog Creek, Pennsylvania, and there's like a big boom in the distance. And Jack is like, Oh shit, am I still in war times? So this is the beginning of the PTSD. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. And he panicked and thought they were still in the Civil War and didn't make Fire it. Fire in the home. sky! And they go back home and they ask their parents, did we have any relatives in the Civil War? And it's like, why yes, their great, great, great grandfather was a drummer boy named John. So the implication oh. is that they helped their great, great, great grandfather not die. Oh, uh, if they didn't save him, they would have disappeared like <laughs> Marty McFly in right? Back to the Future. Um, and they they it turns out he went on to be his come a school teacher. Fun fact. All right. What is what's your injury? Oh, I took a shrapnel to the testicles. No! <laughs> so, here's the other bullshit is that um the next one, the something to send, they get to go back to the revolutionary war. Awesome. And, Second uh, favorite war. Who, okay, this is uh, CJ. You gotta go first. Awesome. <laughs> we'll I see know your, this is this is your War. knowledge of history. Yeah, what I got happened it. on December twenty fifth, seventeen seventy six. They all teabagged the British. <laughs> it was not the Boston Tea Party. No, I says the Boston Tea Bagging. It's different. Well, but still, it's incorrect. <laughs> Ethan, what happened on December twenty fifth, seventeen seventy six? Uh, it's a crossing of the Delaware. Yes, that is correct. That is All the right. time they get to go to. You are in the lead with five points to four. So, Sacrificed my points for funny jokes. Yes. It's worth it, so, though. So uh, they uh, show up when they're getting ready to cross the Delaware stealthily because they're trying to ambush the British, right? And um, the captain of the troops gives Jack and Annie a letter to give to his children who happen to live in Frog Creek, Pennsylvania, of if I don't make it. Make sure my children read this letter. This letter contains the words of George Washington, which was the words of Thomas Paine. And uh, 
I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it was probably written down somewhere else if Thomas Paine already said it, but whatever. No, but, but this letter they need to, you know, just in case. Um, so People Annie, need to know that this guy quoted this other guy. And the implication here is that Jack and Annie gave the courage to George Washington to re-rally his troops to make sure they crossed that Delaware on that Christmas night. So without Jack and Annie... The Revolutionary War. America wouldn't exist. America wouldn't exist is the implication. They need something to learn. This is when they visit the Kansas Prairie. In wartime or just normally? Just it's in the wagon covered. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Time of the Oregon Trail. And And they get dysentery um, and they learn that they shouldn't drink shit water. Well, they learned that schools were run by 16 year old girls. Because those were the people who were school teachers at the time. Yeah, the smartest people in society. So she makes them write down words about um, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So fun. And they're like, okay, we learned it. And they're going to peace out to their treehouse. And then uh, the sky looks really weird. So as a Kansan, I'll tell you, when there's a storm of brewing, the sky gets real weird colored. Sometimes it turns green out there. It's very unsettling they see a funnel cloud on their way and they're like shit we gotta tell the school that there's a cellar in that schoolhouse because they don't know there's a cellar and um because it's written on the wall in words (laughs) no because it's written in the book that they're reading there's a cellar in the schoolhouse so the implication is that they're going to a specific schoolhouse that was written about um, in this book and they run back to school warn them of the tornado help them into the cellar Jeb was helpful because he was big strong boy who opened up the cellar and they survived the tornado peril I thought this is where it ends uh, yeah, and like then me. they get their little try try again and they go get something to lend this is the oh my gosh this is also a fucked up place that they that Morgan sends them um uh, <laughs> This is the next what date happened uh, or what important event happened on this date. CJ, or no, it's Ethan. Sorry, CJ started last one. Ethan, it's to you. What happened in San Francisco, California in 1906? A big fire? What? No, it was an That's earthquake, right. you fool. Yeah, yeah, CJ, you are correct. It's, it's it the is, San Francisco earthquakes. It is the San Francisco the worst earthquake. earthquakes in American history. It did lead to fire, but it was the earthquake that was the important part. And of course, before they went, Jack's like, oh, I've always wanted to go to California. And Annie's like, me too. This is going to be great. Uh, they show up at 5 a.m. because the bells on the church chime at 5 a.m. And guess when Annoying the earthquake happens? Annoying everyone trying to sleep. 501. It happens at 5.13. So okay, pretty, pretty close, close, though. Pretty close. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the earthquake happens at 5.13, and they didn't read the book ahead of time to, like, warn them of that. How? So they're just like... Do they not like, read the book ahead of time at this point? Because it tells Annie, them exactly what's going to happen. Because Annie is very impulsive and is like, let's go. So they're in the middle of the street, and then the earthquake happens, and they get, like, flung apart from each other. Annie ends up in the ground. Then the fires start, and then one of the things they did to try and stop the fires was they used dynamite to blow up buildings. And if you remember, Jack has PTSD from big boomy noises from the Civil War. 
And so after like all of this, he's trying to like read the book and like hold it, but his hands are trembling too much in order to like actually be able to read. Jesus. Uh, and it's so just weeping on the ground. They they try to help these uh, boys and their mother by giving them their shoes because the boys are trying to escape and their feet are all cut up because there's glass everywhere from the broken windows. And Jack and Annie are like, here, here, take my shoes. And they're like, thanks, here's a sign. And the sign says, um, "They there is no water and still less soap. We have not city, but lots of hope. And that's what they get for their shoes. And that's, that's a, something to lend. That's a sign from a... <laughs> That's like a sign from a picture that is what they had after yep. the earthquake to yep. like try and get help. So the implication Why of did this... they have that during the earthquake? Well, it's it's Were after they like the thinking quake. ahead? I don't know. That's man. like the first thing they did was like make a sign and they're like, man, this is gonna catch some attention some media attention. Yeah, the 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 implication is that they wrote the sign while there's like fires breaking out and they're trying to like save the money in the bank and like save the books and fucking Yeah, they just had this time to write man. the sign. And there was a journalist running around going, What's the story? And taking pictures and shit. And uh, I'm here for a scoop. Yeah, basically. Uh, and she takes a picture of Jack and Annie holding the sign. So it's implied that they're the children in that famous photograph after the earthquake. Whatever. And all of these pieces of paper slash things are supposed to help the kingdom of Camelot. So how do these writings help Camelot? Well, Morgan, for the first time, allows Jack and Annie to travel to Camelot with her. And they take them to the library that they've been helping. They needed to help King Arthur because King Arthur is very sad and depressed. Bummer. Because Aww. him and his knights have been defeated and he's given up all hope for his kingdom. Aww. And Morgan's like, you know what'll give this king hope? Children. Children oh, going through peril. Misery of others, yeah. Getting PTSD. And coming to give like, him pieces of paper with lessons. Yes, I like <laughs> that's, this. That's funny. Yes. So they read him all of like the messages that they've collected. The King Arthur asks, are you magic? And they're like, oh, no, Morgan's magic. We're just ordinary kids. And he's like, well, I'm an ordinary king. And if ordinary children can learn these lessons, so can I. I'm hope is restored to the kingdom. And uh, I yeah. declare it. Be hopeful, idiots. <laughs> and I must go talk to my knights at once. Okay. And, yeah. There you go. They saved Camelot because they helped Thank King God. Arthur not be depressed. The mystery of Morgan's rhymes. Here's the bullshit. This I hate. I hate this one. So she's decided that she is going to train them to become magicians. They're no longer master librarians. They're going to become awesome. magicians. But yeah. here's the thing. They are going to learn a magic that does not need charms or spells. You'll find a special magic on each of your next four adventures. And this is the last game we will play. Is, All right. I, can I, I want to make an early guess. Is, is the magic friendship? Uh, not the first one. So No, it's <laughs> chastity. <laughs> Wrong, wrong episode. Okay, who went first last time? Ethan, CJ, it's your uh, turn to come go first. 
Fuck uh, yeah. Even I will give you earthquakes. the name of the book they go into and okay. the riddle. So okay. the book is Merry Old England. Love with an riddles, e after dude. old. Okay. Yeah. The riddle is, to find a <sighs> special a magic, of, okay. you must step into the light and without wand, spell, or charm, turn daytime into night. Is it just time? No, it is not time. Ethan. Is it like the Stonehenge calendar system? That is Wait, not. is it is it like just patience? Is it like a weird I don't understand what it's trying to You're gonna hate the answer. So um let okay. me just Why oh I hate the question, so I know, right? It's stupid. Um it's my least favorite. And so they go to Merry Old England and You're the one talking up, about it. Meet up with a guy named Will. Okay. It's William Shakespeare. Awesome. Neat. The magic they learn. It's theater magic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. That's so silly. All right. Book two is uh, Ethan. You get to start this one. The book they go into is an African rainforest. Careful, Ethan. Ethan, be careful. The first one was theater magic. Ethan, Ethan, be so careful. The... So, Ethan, your rhyme riddle nonsense is to find a special kind of magic in worlds so far apart. Speak a special language. Talk with your hands. Ethan, be, ca- Ethan, be careful. <laughs> well, I think I know the answer, but I'm not supposed to say it. <laughs> is, it the, is it the magic of dance? No. No. The magic of dance. CJ. That was a really good guess. It was a good guess, but it is not the magic of dance. Is it sign language? I'm going to give you a point for it. Because that is a major plot point to find this type of magic. They go to the African rainforest and meet a baby gorilla named Boo Boo. And they go and hang out with other silverback gorillas. And they read in their book that Coco the gorilla communicated with sign language. And so Annie's like, oh, I learned some sign language in school and holds up the sign for I love you to the gorilla and then teaches all the gorillas the sign. She for can I love just you. speak to animals. Yes. They, that's how they got through this whole book. But she's teaching them sign language because oh, gorillas know sign language. So and, for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so now they all know how to do the I love you sign. And um, they got a twig. from What them. use is that? What? Well, Why? CJ, the magic, the magic that they learned is the magic of all animals. So, what? Right? This, it's done. The first one was a pun. This is one that is nothing. The this first is one was even animals. a pun. How <laughs> theater just, magic? That's a theater thing. Theater magic. No, they learned the magic of all animals, and they are equal. It's all stupid. Anyway, the next one. This is why this is my least favorite. It all went downhill. We should have just ended with the PTSD arc and just. Hey, I'm you're talking about PTSD. I have to. Still. I have to to do justice to it. Um, the la- the next one they go. Hates CJ, me. she's supposed to, be to edit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CJ, this is for you because you start this one out right. Yeah. Yeah. This is. They're going into a book called A Feast to Remember. Nice. Think of uh, important feasts throughout history. I know all of them. And to find a special magic when work and toil are done, gather all together and turn three worlds into one. 
What magic might they be learning? The magic of friendship. It is not the magic of friendship. See, uh, I'm sorry, CJ. Ethan. What? The magic of sharing? Uh, food? Uh, it does deal with food. You can't just keep game. adding words no, on the end of it until he gets yeah, it right. Sharing food. Sharing I... food with friends and fellowship. Because I gave with... CJ the sign language one, I'm going to have to give Ethan the sharing food one. Mm, I don't think you have to do that. Whatever. Well, you're tied if I do that, so it's okay. So um, <laughs> they go to the first Thanksgiving. I thought you were going to your... say the last dinner. Damn it. With no, all of your one. favorites of Pilgrims, <laughs> the Mayflower, Squanto, Priscilla, all your favorites. They learn the magic of community by sharing food with each other. That's uh that's the magic they learned. I forgot what Ethan's answer even was. It so was sharing whatever. food. So yeah. All right, last one. Ethan, you get to try this one. What were the three worlds? <laughs> um the pilgrims. Yeah. The, pilgrim, <laughs> the pilgrims, the Indians, and God above. <laughs> Probably. Last one, Ethan. Last one. They're good. Um, the book is called "A Visit to Old Hawaii." To old Hawaii. Okay. Um, so to find a special magic, build a special kind of ship that rides the waves both high and low on every kind of trip. All right. This one is friendship. It is friendship. Ah. I watched an episode of a really cool podcast and it taught me that friendship is the most important type of magic. I mean, it allows you to like summon rainbow magic and like defeat villains. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And beat CJ. What, what podcast was that? It's, uh, at Cooking with Spices. Nope, that's not what it nope. is. No, no. <laughs> at we don't Spices that with... <laughs> Add spices with. (laughs) Anyway, they go to old Hawaii and they learn how to do the hula and they get a lay and they learn how to surf. Uh, Jack feels an earthquake and reads in his book that could trigger a tsunami. So he warns the others that there's a tsunami coming and they get back so to the what they can get to high ground they live in <laughs> yep. hawaii yeah this is so they can get to high ground and they get to high ground successfully and then they go okay. back to their village and they do a hula to tell the story of how jack saved them from the tsunami and Thank yeah how their kids. white savior came along <laughs> yeah good that white also, savior. that we, also checks we, off our bingo box for white savior <laughs> indeed uh-huh. we we the native hawaiians we know nothing about how to tell when a tsunami is coming. Yeah, we've never of experienced not. such a thing. Never before. experienced earthquakes and tsunamis. Never. Um, oh so, CJ, there is a bonus last question. What? Oh fuck yeah! Please, God, Lord in heaven above, ah, <laughs> oh, Mother we, Mary, Mother of God, please. So these children learned theater magic, the magic yeah. of all animals, the magic of community, and the magic of friendship. What type of magic do all of these types of magic fit under the umbrella of? Because these are ma- this is magic that does not need charms or spells. This is life magic as opposed to death magic. 
I'm willing to give it to you unless Ethan can make a better, a closer answer. Yeah, uh, Ethan. The uh, magic of societal structures and people. Ooh. Animals was one of them. You can't <laughs> include that. All right. I'll, okay. You guys can argue it out a little bit. So the type of magic mm -hmm. that they learned, that they've mastered, they are now masters of everyday magic. No, neither of us got that, and that's stupid, and that's dumb. Yeah, they're magicians of everyday magic now, so now they can go help Camelot. That's not magic. That's just doing stuff. Uh -huh. If I go to a Starbucks and I say, conjure me a cafe, Dear, I uh... want it black as the night, but do not fright, for in my tummy, I would light. What is it? Uh, and they go, uh, coffee? And I'll be like, give it to me. There's a reason why <laughs> this is a CJ bullshit gets arc. <laughs> um, so, so, oh my God. Yeah, so this all ends and set up, sets up those Merlin missions where it's like the bigger kid chapter books. And so that all was right. Magic Treehouse where we learned about the magic of uh, PTSD and wartime. That's ever. That's just everyday magic, friend. A little bit of everyday <laughs> magic. Uh, all right. Final open questions. Uh, I have one. Uh, I guess, based on what you've said, Dolphin Realm is canonically either has happened or will happen, and I don't know how or why, but I can't, can't wait. Micah, I don't even know where to go with this one, except that I want more. Now I need to know where uh, Mary Pope Osborne is going to take our children who she was willing to put into the literal civil civil war. Uh -huh. And then she's going to be like, but now we need to get more, more serious young One adult time. <laughs> what do you go? <laughs> what do you do? Well, uh, uh, for a lingering thought, um, turns out Camelot is a alternate dimension realm that they travel to. It's not mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. like something to be found in time or space. So that's where they go after war is other wow. dimensions. Guys, that's going to be our podcast <laughs> for this one. Christ, what a journey. Uh, if you want more of this sort of rambling descent into madness, you should follow and like and subscribe. We're going to keep making more whether you like it or not. So why not just acquiesce? Uh, thanks again to our artists who help make this possible. Apoge does the info, intro and outro. Check them out in the description of the podcast. Gailstorm Kitsune for doing the logo and artwork, all the borders around us. It's all good. It's fantastic. And so is this book series. My name has been CJ. I'm Ethan. And I've been Fran. And I will see you all in, in hell. In times of Christ. The, the, I will see you all in Christ before Christmas. And that's the name of the book. <laughs> <laughs>